Welcome to the Lead On Podcast. This is Jeff Orge, the president of Gateway Seminary, talking with you once again about practical issues related to ministry leadership. Well, in the world in which we live, there are always crises occurring. Always. And in those contexts, we have remarkable opportunity for ministry, particularly pastors. Pastors have remarkable opportunity for ministry in crisis situations. Now, the podcast today is directed toward pastors, but it has application for all of you who might be listening who serve in various ministry leadership roles. Now, some of what I'll say today may not be to the extent in your life as it would be if you were a pastor, but all of the things I'm going to say today have some application to all of us in ministry leadership, but certainly to pastors most specifically. So if you're a pastor today, I hope you'll listen carefully as I talk about pastoral ministry during crisis situations. And if you're not a pastor, I hope you'll also listen carefully to ministry leadership in crisis situations and how you can make a difference in those contexts. Now, when I say crisis situations, what kinds of circumstances do I, am I including? Well, first of all, things like natural disasters, uh, floods, hurricanes, tornadoes, earthquakes, ice storms, all kinds of natural disasters produce crisis situations for people. And then uh, another kind of crisis circumstance would be what I might describe as a human catastrophe. Like, for example, a mass shooting that takes place in your community or a significant transportation accident. I think about one of these, when I was a pastor, uh, a school bus carrying a load of children was passed by a large truck that had a load on the back that was awkwardly placed, and that load shifted and intersected that school bus right at the window level and just went down the line uh, doing significant damage and killing a number of children on that school bus. That happened in our community, and it was a crisis moment for us. Human catastrophe might include also something like a terrorist event or some kind of public uh, attack that takes place in your community. And then, of course, there are personal experiences, personal events that are certainly crisis moments. For example, a death. Uh, divorce can be one of these. Perhaps to a lesser extent, but depending on the circumstances, hospitalization can be a crisis event. And then another one, a criminal trial. You know, one of my most significant ministry opportunities occurred when I decided to step in to the life of one of our church members who was charged with a serious crime and went through a very uh, public trial for that crime. Uh, going to the court every day, uh, sitting and being available to the accused, and then after they were convicted, having a very powerful moment 
where I had just a few seconds, really, with them before they were taken away to jail. It was a powerful moment of ministry in a crisis. So when I say that we have an opportunity for pastoral ministry in crisis situations, I mean all these kinds of circumstances, natural disasters, human catastrophes, uh, personal moments of crisis. In all of these kinds of circumstances, pastors and other ministry leaders have the opportunity to offer significant ministry. Now, there are some theological realities which undergird this ministry that we can offer in crisis, and they all relate to something called pastoral presence. There is something powerful about a pastor or other ministry leader physically showing up in the midst of a crisis that has a significant effect on the people involved. And there are some theological realities which, which sort of undergird this. Let me, let me highlight them for you. First of all, as a pastoral leader, you represent God to people in crisis. Now, I know what you're saying. Oh, I don't represent God. I'm just me. But in a moment of crisis, you do represent God. You represent God and his presence, his power, his character. You represent all of that in a crisis moment. You know, when I was uh, being mentored many years ago, a wise pastor told me this. He said, when a pastor steps into a situation, everyone expects him to talk about, to represent, to reference God. He said, this pastor in mentoring me said, you know, when a insurance salesman comes over to your house until he starts talking about insurance, you know, it's just all small talk until that moment. When you go to the dentist and he asks you how your day's going, you know, he doesn't really care. He's there to talk about teeth. When you take your car in to get it worked on uh, and there's some comment made about the weather, you know that's just passing time. The mechanic is there to talk about what? Your car. He said, we expect people to talk about certain things because they represent certain aspects of life to us. And he said, never forget, Jeff, as a pastor, people expect the same of you. Pastoral presence. It means that when a pastor or other ministry leader, steps into a situation, the people in the crisis moment, in some inexplicable but powerful way, believe that God's presence has arrived into the situation. I think about one of these situations for me a number of years ago. I was a pastor, and a woman in our church was giving birth to her first child, and this uh, had been a difficult pregnancy, and it had followed a series of miscarriages, and so this uh, couple was on heightened emotional alert for any kind of difficulty or crisis that might accompany the birth, and that's what happened. They went to the hospital. The birth started. Things went uh, bad, badly, uh, fairly quickly, and they called me, and they said, Pastor, can you come? Can you come? Well, I got in the car, raced to the hospital, 15-minute trip went up to the uh, labor and delivery area. Uh, I'd been in this city for a while at this point, knew a lot of the nurses, walked in and said, hey, I'm, I'm here for the such and such family. If, if they need me, let them know I'm here. 
a few seconds later, they did, and then the father husband came running out to the, the to the um, to the waiting room, grabbed me by the arm, and said, "Come, come quickly! You've got to pray." And he physically pulls me into the labor and delivery room. And when I got there, he got on one side of his wife, and I stepped on the other, and she reached up and locked onto my arm and said, "Pray, pray for me, Pastor. Pray." You know, I could have prayed at home. <laughs> and frankly, in that moment, would have been glad to do so. I could have prayed out in the lobby, been just as effective. God would have heard my prayer just the same. But this couple needed me present. They needed the sense that God was with them that only could come by the person that they believed represented God to them in their lives, their pastor, stepping into the room. Pastoral presence is like that. In a crisis moment, there's not anything that replaces stepping into the situation. Not anything that replaces holding a hand, or in this case, letting a person grip onto your arm. Pastoral presence, it's a powerful reality. Now, I know some people want to dismiss this and say, oh, you know, people need to trust God and not look to people and all of that. Well, you can say all that if you want to and diminish it all you can, all you, you, you try to, but I'm just telling you, if you don't believe that pastoral presence is real, just wait till you're hurting and somebody steps into your life. A few years ago, I had cancer. I went to the hospital for surgery early one morning. I had to be there by 6 a.m. When I walked into the hospital, in the waiting area, there were three couples from our church. They all three just stood up as we walked into the room, and I, I blurted out, what, what are you guys doing here? And I'll never forget, one of the men stepped forward and said, well, pastor, we're standing by. We're here for you, whatever you need. In that moment, and even right now, there are tears in my eyes because in that moment, they were practicing pastoral presence in my life. These three men of God, along with their wives, had gotten up early, gotten dressed, come to the hospital, and were sitting there waiting for me. And when I walked in the room, all they had to say to me was, we're standing by. We're here for you, whatever you need. I knew they couldn't go in the operating room with me. I knew they couldn't physically be more present with me than they were being in that moment, but there was something incredibly powerful about their presence, about knowing they were near. And frankly, knowing that when I went into the surgical suite, my wife was going to sit down with these dear people and they were going to be with her in the moment. So the first theological reality that undergirds ministry in a crisis is practice pastoral presence. You represent God to people. Second, you also remind people of Jesus. The incarnational presence of Jesus, God with skin on, someone once said, is a reminder to people that Jesus, Jesus came among us. Jesus identified with us. Jesus practiced presence among us. And that when we put ourselves in the midst of a crisis, in the midst of a difficult situation, we're acting just like Jesus. And then you know where this is going. It's a Trinitarian formula. Your presence also 
is an agent through whom the Holy Spirit will be working in the moment. Now, the Holy Spirit works through people, through their presence, through their words. He works through people to accomplish ministry that is really hard for us to understand, but yet, nevertheless, is real. Now, I've seen this in a number of different contexts, one of them kind of humorous to me, and that is that when I would walk into a baseball clubhouse as a a sports chaplain, and the profanity would be very, very common there, it would be very common also for players to turn to me and say, oh, chaplain, I'm I'm sorry, I'm sorry I said that, or I'm sorry you heard that. Why would they say that to me? Because I'm a convicting presence through whom the Holy Spirit is working. When I walk in the room, in a sense, God is represented, Jesus is incarnated, and the Spirit, by agency, is working through me. People just recognize that. Now, when you step into a crisis situation, this Trinitarian formula is at work. You represent the presence of God. You incarnate the presence and example of Jesus, and you are an agent through whom the Holy Spirit is working in the moment. Now, that's a theological summary based on a Trinitarian formula and understanding of God. But there's another aspect of this theology that I think is significant, and that is we also, as pastoral leaders and ministry leaders, represent the presence of a particular church, or in my case, of a particular organization. I learned this when I was a pastor when people would say in the midst of a crisis, well, no one from the church came. And I would think, hold on a second. Sunday school teacher told me he came by. Two friends told me they stopped by. One of the deacons told me he went by. But no one from the church came. What were they saying? They were saying that they didn't fully feel validated that their church was standing with them until the pastor showed up. Now, I'm not diminishing the ministry that other people can provide and should be led to provide. I'm just telling you that there is still something powerfully present about a pastor who represents a particular church stepping into a crisis situation and the people there feeling like, wow, my church is now with me. I see this here at the seminary all the time where I get asked, can I come and be at an event and, quote, represent the seminary? People are not asking just for my presence. They're asking for the seminary's reputation and the validation that comes with that to be represented at their event. I get that. I understand that. And I'm willing to do that as often as I can and as often as it's appropriate. But on a more personal basis in terms of crisis situations, one of the things I've tried to do as president of the seminary is to step into people's lives during crises with a phone call or a visit or in some way tangibly letting them know that the seminary is with them during their difficulty. So, theological realities that undergird pastoral presence. Of course, this Trinitarian formula that you represent the presence of God, you incarnate as an example like Jesus, and you're an agent through whom the Spirit is working in the moment. And then, ecclesiologically speaking, you represent a church. You You're the figurative head, if you will, of a group of people who banded together and said, we're family. And when you walk in the room, the whole family just arrived. 
pastoral presence in the midst of a crisis. It has theological ramifications. You know, doing this, however, can be very difficult. What are some practical challenges of this kind of pastoral presence during crisis moments? Well, the first one is that presence takes a lot of time. It takes time to get in a car and go someplace and make a visit or to get on a plane and fly someplace and make an appearance. It, it takes time to sit and wait with a family that's in crisis or in difficulty. It takes time to go day after day into a flood zone or an earthquake situation or back into the aftermath of a hurricane and provide the kind of care that's needed in those moments. Presence takes a lot of time. But it's worth it, because people are our priority. And providing ministry to them, particularly when they're in crisis, may be the very best use of our time possible. Because it's in those moments that we crystallize so much about what we claim to believe and to, uh, uh, to mean in a, about relationships and about ministry. And so while it's a takes a lot of time. It's also a priority use of time and an important use of time to step into a crisis situation. A second challenge of this kind of ministry is that presence, pastoral presence, can be very draining. You know, emotional connections usually are draining. And the physical demands of being present in some of these situations can also be significant. I mean, if you've lived through an earthquake or been through a significant flood or hurricane, tornado, any of these kinds of things, you may also, in your family and situation, be struggling with the challenges of responding to the crisis. And now you're trying to not only arise emotionally, but even physically beyond the limitations and the, and the pains that you've experienced and to offer ministry to other people in that context. Listen, this can be draining. And then these emotional connections can also be very draining. I think about that accident situation that I referenced earlier when I was a pastor. It was hard to step into that situation and provide ministry because, frankly, I felt devastated by what had happened in our community. And it took spiritual intentionality and strength to, so to speak, pull myself together and recognize I have a ministry responsibility in this situation. I've got to step forward and do what has to be done in the situation. It can be draining to find yourself in one of these situations, but nevertheless, you have to move forward and do the ministry that's required. I've already alluded to this, but I'd also say another a practical challenge is that crises may also be impacting you personally. That's why self-care and family care for a ministry leader, for a pastoral leader, are important parts of being able to offer effective ministry uh, in a crisis. Now, quite frankly, sometimes self-care and family care have to take a second seat on the, on, the, uh, on the priority list of what has to be done, and I get that. But nevertheless, it can't drop down to place five, place seven, or place ten on the priority list. If you do, you find yourself exhausted, burned out by the ministry you're offering, and ineffective in what you're trying to do because you haven't practiced enough self-care or family care. So you have to recognize that when you're in a crisis situation, uh, it, the, that being present is going to take a lot of time, and it may be very draining, and it may uh, impact you personally. 
And because of that, it may be a very, very challenging situation for you to provide ministry. But then also I would add one more practical challenge, and that is that crises may derail other pressing ministry concerns. And yet those crisis situations have to be met, and you have to find a way to juggle, adjust, and meet the other pressing ministry concerns in healthy ways. For example, people don't die on your schedule. Natural disasters don't happen when they're convenient. Human catastrophe never occurs in a community uh, when it's advantageous. All the times that these things happen, they impact our ongoing ministry work, much of which is also very significant. So, for example, uh, crisis situations may derail your study time and make preparing to preach on the weekend very challenging. Crisis situations may derail your planning time, may derail other ministry activity time, may take away time that you had intended to invest in other people in proactively guiding, shaping, or training them for ministry. All of these things have to be reprioritized, restructured, reordered, and yet some of them you still have to find a way to do while at the same time dealing with the crisis situation. So, There are some practical challenges for being pastorally present in a crisis. Now, let me see if I can summarize here at the end of the podcast. Based on these theological realities and these practical challenges, some simple leadership strategies for pastoral ministry in crisis. I'm going to give it to you in three simple phrases. Number one, show up. Show up. I have never regretted going to be with people while they were in crisis. Now, sometimes I've arrived and discovered that I couldn't provide all the ministry that I thought was needed. Sometimes I've arrived and discovered that I didn't have the access that I hoped I would have into the situation. Sometimes I've arrived and found that people were not as open or receptive to ministry in that moment as I hoped they would be. But more often than not, when I have showed up in a crisis situation, the overwhelming response of people has been gratitude, appreciation, and the deepening of relationship with me as their pastoral leader that could have only come about by me showing up in that moment. I've showed up at several crisis situations where when I walked into the room, A person would say just spontaneously and quite honestly, what are you doing here? Not in an accusatory kind of way, but just in a wow kind of way. What are you doing here? And I've been able to say, well, I'm here because I care about you. I'm here because you matter to me. I'm here because this is a very difficult situation and I thought you might need a friend. When you say something like that, There is a bonding that takes place that could have never occurred if you had not taken the first step of showing up in a pastoral crisis situation. Pastoral ministry means that you show up. People equate presence with caring. They equate presence with value. They equate presence with, with relationship. 
And so the first leadership strategy in a crisis situation is show up. Now, the second one is to stand up. I know that in a lot of crisis situations, most of us really aren't sure what to do. Quite frankly, I'm not quite sure what to do in most crisis situations. I know I'm going to show up. I know that's first. But when I get there, I'm not always sure what I'm going to do. But I know I'm going to stand up, meaning I know I'm going to lead. I'm going to lead even when I'm not sure how to lead. I'm going to lead even when I'm not sure what leadership looks like in the moment. I'm going to stand up and I'm going to say, let's go forward. Let's find a way. Let's see what God is doing. Let's learn to trust him in a way we've not trusted him before. I'm going to try to lead. And I'm going to do that because as a leader, I know that others are even less likely to lead than I am in a crisis situation. So while I may not have all the answers, may not know everything that needs to be done, may not know everything that needs to be said, I'm not going to sit idly by on the sideline where while people who are in my spiritual charge and responsibility are hurting, I'm going to step up. I'm going to stand up. I'm going to let my voice be heard. I'm going to do what needs to be done in the moment. I'm going to show up. I'm going to stand up. And finally, I'm going to speak up. Now, there's not a lot of time left on the podcast, so I don't really have time to go into a lot of detail about this, but let me just say broadly or generally this. When you show up and you stand up and you speak up, don't feel obligated to have all the answers in a crisis situation. Just speak simple truth over and over and over again. Simple truth like God loves us. God has not abandoned us. God draws near to people who are hurting. God is going to get us through this. We are going to get through it together. We are not going to abandon you in this moment. We're going to see through to the end and find a better day. These are simple truths. Now, avoid saying ridiculous things that you can't prove that aren't true and that you don't know anything about. Stay away from any medical predictions or any um, uh, weather predictions or uh, any kind of uh, promises about what this person, the government will do or about what an organization can do. Don't, don't get caught up in all that. When you show up and you stand up and you speak up, speak simple truth. God loves us. He'll see us through this difficulty. God has not abandoned us. We're going to make it through together. We're not going to leave you alone in this. We're going to see through to a better day. These are simple truths. And as a part of speaking simple truth, use scripture. And again, not complicated scripture that demands a lot of exegesis. Just simple scripture. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. Uh, God loves us. For God so loved the world that he gave his only son. These are simple truths simple truths that you can fall back on in critical moments that bring great comfort to people. So 
speak up by speaking simple truth. And then, as I've already said, avoid trying to explain the unexplainable. Avoid any uh, claims that you want to make that you can't substantiate. Avoid any promises being made that you can't keep. Don't feel like you have to have all the answers in the moment. If someone blurts out, why did God let this happen to me? Don't give them a 30-minute lecture from some theology thing you memorized. What they're really doing is crying out, is God still with me? When someone says something like that to me in a crisis moment, I say, I'm not sure of all the reasons why God allowed this to happen, but I can know this. God loves us. He will never abandon us. And, the, and although we live in a broken world, he will see us through to a better day. He promises us that. Those are the kinds of simple, direct, scripture-based responses you can make rather than trying to explain the unexplainable. And then one other thing in a moment of crisis, and that is when you stand up and, or when you show up and stand up and speak up, don't be afraid to speak to be a voice for hurting people to powerful people or to influential people. You know, one of the things I've done over the years, for example, is help people ask their physicians the right kind of questions. Help people ask community leaders uh, the right, for the right kind of information. You know, sometimes when people are in crisis, they're just not thinking straight. And so part of your role is not speaking truth to power, meaning that you're lecturing power about what it needs to do or what people need to do in the life of the person in crisis. But instead, you're helping the person in crisis to ask and get the, ask the questions and gain the information they need to be able to move forward together, whether you're talking to a community leader, a a medical professional, uh, whether you're talking to a funeral director, all these kinds of people uh, can be overwhelming in trying to deal with them when you're in crisis. And one of your roles as a pastoral leader or ministry leader is sometimes just to speak up and facilitate the right kind of conversation to get the right kind of information exchanged. Well, we live in a world that's broken and crises occur frequently. And so I've tried to equip you today as a pastor or leader to have some resources, some tools, and a perspective on what it means to minister in a crisis situation. I want you to show up, stand up, and speak up. Don't miss the opportunity to make a difference when people are hurting. Don't shrink away. Don't fall to the side. Don't abdicate your responsibility. You're a pastor. You're a leader. Show up. Stand up. Speak up. You can do it in critical situations as you lead on.